If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying. Is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted. Is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the success report. The success report. Hear ye, hear ye. Come one, come all. We got a special episode for you. We're looking at the follow-up questions from the Libya episode. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got a, a bunch of feedback on this one. Some good, some bad, and some really, really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> We're not wearing airing the ugly ones. Yeah, nah, the ugly ones, man, that had to get deleted. <laughs> nah, we're kidding we're kidding about the ugly uh but yeah there were some bad ones so we we figured it'd be a a good way to finish off our uh, first season of of episodes to do a q a kind of thing um so we're probably we don't have a, an exact date yet but we're gonna pretty much take about a month off um and you should expect uh season two to to come out at the end of april so check our social media um, at Six Sense Report um, on Twitter, Twitter, Facebook. Um, no numbers, just letters. Or uh, get at us personally. Me, do good at Darnell, D O G U D D D A underscore Darnell. Twitter, Instagram, and then Darnell Samuels on Facebook. And um, I'm T Joel N. 39 at uh, on twitter or instagram and then just joel nikoloff on facebook yeah but but my uh weapon of choice is twitter uh just because limited response i don't want to begin essays i'm not a i'm not a teacher yet so i shouldn't be marking people's papers my my weapon of choice is sit you down at a coffee shop and tell you where you're wrong <laughs> but who's paying i'll pay that that see that's why he's my partner on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this coffee, man. I ain't taking you to keg to school, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's good. All right, so uh, before we get started, uh, I just wanted to give a update on what's going on in Libya. So Nigeria is flying out thousands of citizens from Libya. Nigeria's government said that the rescue flights will continue as long as necessary. An estimated amount of 5,500 people would be flying out of Libya and back to Nigeria. So there's a lot being done to rescue the people out of there. So that's good. It's not all doom and gloom. Hopefully it's because we're raising awareness. Yeah, that too. You know, people are talking and people are uh, pretty angry. Understandably. Um, yeah. So before we jump to the first question, I just want to say thank you uh, to the people who got back to me. Since the last episode, I've changed my opinion on some things and I've been corrected and I'm the better for it. Shout out to the little homie Marcus. I see you. And uh, if you guys want to give us feedback on any episode, including this one, best bet is to record an audio clip and either email it to us six cents report at gmail.com or inbox us on our social media right and make sure you state your name 
and where you're from. If you do not state your name, I will sun you and name you. All right, uh, the first question. Let's play it. Hello, Joel and Darnell. Uh, here's my two cents. I take offense with the general posture of, um, you know, the way you guys are approaching this and, you know, essentially just, it seems like you guys are justifying um, slavery of um, like sub-Saharan Africans who are clearly in a place where they are in need, they are vulnerable. And yet for some reason, because um, living people, they have, you know, familial trust, they must be allowed to prejudge, um, you know, um, other Africans that are, are black. So I, I just find this to be, um, you know, disturbing. So no name? Uh, I thought he said his name was Percival. Go ahead. Oh, I missed that. Okay, so um, we'll, we'll split that into, I think there's a comment, which I want to address, and then a question, which we'll get to after. Um, I, I think the claims that we're justifying slavery is a bit of a straw man, or at least a not, not a fair representation of our conversation. Um, because our goal was to evaluate whether they were motivi- motivated by racism. Um, but Darnell explicitly said we're not condoning their actions. So our attempt to maybe understand their rationality um, requires us to analyze their motivation. Um, but I think that's why it was really important for us to put the qualifier, we're not condoning their actions. Um, and I would say, no matter what the why that we came up with, we weren't going to change our position that we thought slavery is more morally apprehensible. So I, I can use um, an analogy that I made in the episode regarding um, rationalization or trying to discriminate between candidates when hiring someone. Um, I was trying to draw parallels between the mental process when you're making decisions or when in decision making, how do you delimit factors? Um, I wasn't cl- like, be, I want to be really clear. I wasn't comparing slavery to hiring someone. Like that would just be ridiculous. But in actuality, if you think about it critically, there's a lot of parallels between how we make decisions, regardless of the decision that we're making. Okay. Okay. Uh, The other part of the question was, can racialized groups be racist? And I would say, Yes, racialized groups can commit sin. Racialized groups can be racist because sin is not contingent on external forces like, or, yeah, just external entities like geography and your economic situation. Uh, In Daryl Harrison's blog, um, he did one called Big Bang Racism. 
And he's kind of looking at it from like the evolutionary perspective of racism. And it's very simple. And he simply like talks about, he explains that racism is not the result of forces and influences that are external to human nature, but inherent in our human nature uh, because of sin. It's not the system that's wrong. It's that something is wrong with us. Romans 12, verse 2. Humanity can't fix itself by itself. Deconstructing old systems and structures and replacing them with new ones won't solve that problem. Now, mind you, racism and race is a social construct. There is no such thing as races, only one race, the human race. Uh, but just for the sake of a flowing conversation and even just reality, you know, as a black man, my race matters. Uh, when I walk outside the door, it matters. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> from a perspective. Yeah, but, you know, it, it, it matters. You know what I mean? But at, at that point, we still have to look at racism as a bad thing, as a bad thing because it's a sin. And from what I know, the Bible has written the book the bible is the book on sin harmatology is the study and if you don't study you need to get your mind right and get on that and really learn to uh understand what's wrong with us so yeah yeah i think you know your point around there's only one race the human race um is is summarized really good in the mlk quote which is I look to a day when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Um, Dave Rubin, uh, on a recent uh, Rubin report, in, it, in the direct message, he really touched on this. And um, I'll post a, a link to that in our, our show notes page, which can be found on, on your podcast catcher or on uh, Podbean. Uh, it's just sixcentsreport.podbean.com. Um, but why I wanted to bring that quote up is because if you believe your race is morally above any other, then your ideology flies in the face of this quote. So whether it's someone in the KKK or, um, a Chinese guy thinking they're morally better because they're Chinese. That's racist. Yeah. Like, or or self-inflation, meaning we don't like to be on par or the same as other people. So we self-inflate ourselves. Yeah. Or you're judging, in contrast to MLK's quote, you're judging by the color of their skin. Not people are individuals and let's judge their character. Okay. Um, so let's move on to the next uh, next question. Hey guys, my name is Dwight. I'm from Brampton, Ontario, and I wanted to comment on the slavery in Libya episode. I thought you guys did a really good job of giving us an overview of what's happening there and some of the reasons for what's possibly happening. I thought that was very helpful. I wanted to get your ideas, your views on the long history that Islam seems to have of trading in African slaves Often when we think of slavery, we think tr the trade that took place between 
the African coast and the Western world. But I'd like to get your take on what's happening now in regards to Islam's long history of trading in African slaves. And also that we have a parallel even today in the northern African country of Mauritania, where Africans are still being traded as slaves by a minority Arab Muslim population. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Dwight, for the question. And giving us your name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but the the question was uh, pretty deep. Uh, So we're going to get deep. All right, so before we start, I'll preface my remarks by saying that religions based off of a book must be interpreted by that book and not by its disobedient followers. The one thing Christianity, Islam, Mormonism, and Jehovah Witness witnesses have in common is that the majority of those who claim to be a part of their respective faith don't actually read their respective book, but it's the minority that actually study their respective book and do what it says. So, uh, Joel, um, I'm going to be a minute, so you can go get some of the drink. All right. Have fun. (laughs) So, the parallel that Dwight sees in the Islamic Arab slave trade is that, or from then till now, is a theological issue as well as a racial one. Islam started out as an Arab religion in the Middle East, but it expanded into or expanded and with religion and racial conflict. And that conflict remains to this day. From the inception of Islam in the 7th century, slavery has been a practice in Islam. The teachings of slavery can be found in the Quran and in the Hadith, which is the commentaries of the Prophet Muhammad's life. But, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to just stick to the Quran. Muhammad began to take slaves after he moved to Medina. Slaves were usually taken in raids on nearby Arab tribes or war or either through offensive or defensive actions. The Quran justifies slavery in Surah 33 verse 50. And it says, Prophet, we have made lawful to you the wives to whom you have granted dowries and the slave girls whom God has given you as booty. This verse clearly shows that Muslims believe that taking slaves in war was a God-given right. Surah Surah 23 verse 5 says, Except with their wives and slave girls, for these are lawful to them. The passage's context here details how Muslim males are allowed to have sexual relations with their wives and slave girls. Implicit in that is that Muslim males had slave concubines. But the Quran does not permit slaves to be used as prostitutes. Uh, Chapter 24, verse 34. And the freedom can be granted to the slave as the whole at the slaveholder's discretion, uh, Surah 24, verse 33. So you can see that yes, they practice slavery, but there's still exceptions to slavery, so they're not like well, total monsters. Now, some will say Christians practice slavery as well. The transatlantic slave trade was a European slave trade, not a Christian one. 
Uh, Muhammad practiced slavery, but Jesus didn't. The Bible makes it clear in both the Old and the New Testament that slavery is not to be practiced. So we see in Exodus chapter 21, verse 16, whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. We see in 1 Timothy, in the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 to 10, uh, Paul is telling Timothy uh, that the law is for these particular sins. And he says, now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, and for the ungodly and sinners, and for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, uh, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. So notice that enslavers is lumped in amongst these groups that of actions that is not acceptable. So the question we must ask of these two books is, are there verses that prescribe or describe the discontinuity of slavery? The Bible has one example of each in both Testaments, but sadly, there are no such verses in the Quran that teach the abolition of slavery, and so, uh, continue, so slavery continues to this day. So before moving on to the next question, I, I presume we're gonna have, we would have a follow-up or, or someone doubting us that, well, there's slavery in the Bible, so are these people being disobedient? Um, let me know if, you're, if you disagree, Darnell, but I think if you look at very specifically um, the way slaves specifically are, are treated, it's generally about uh, resolving debt. Yeah, and like in, and like the requirement the to set them free. So there's there's a lack of um, infringing on their liberty in perpetuity, right? So you're settling the debt, and there's also a time frame limit to set to debt settlement, and then there's also some stuff around um, whether they choose to stay because maybe their you know master actually can give them a better life than if they were on their own. Right, yeah, so indentured slavitude and chattel slavery. But the issue I think that you should always address is just straight up abolition. Like, like stop it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, and, and I, I wasn't trying to no. say the Bible wasn't saying we shouldn't have yeah. slaves at all. Um, yeah. It was just like Exodus versus some of the slavery we see in right. the Old Testament. Right, now some of the racial parallels that Dwight was probably looking at was uh, well one uh, that the the slaves were taken to the Arab world like Iran, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Libya, and that the Arab slave trade was sexual in nature and using women for their harems while castrating the men so they they would not reproduce. That's why you don't see much much blacks in the Arab world today. And then we also see that the Arab Islamic slave trade was longer than the transatlantic slave trade. The Arab slave trade started in the 7th century, 8th century, the latest, and still continues today. 
The transatlantic started in the 15th century and ended in the 17th century. And some may say, what, the 19th century, the latest. True. Either way, uh, the math. Don't add up. Yeah. Right, right. So I I hope that answers your question, Dwight. Next question. Next question. Hi, my name is Gideon. Uh, I live in Brampton, Ontario, up in Canada. I listened to your episode of Slavery in Libya. I found it very informative as it showed how Africans are selling other Africans into slavery, as we know it previously occurred in history. I also found it interesting that slavery is not just an institution that was abolished way back when, but it's continued. It, but is a continued practice that's still being done today. Uh, I have a question in regards to the media. Why do you think Western media outlets aren't reporting on the identity of the ones who are selling Africans into slavery? Is it because they are fearful of the possible Muslim outrage or backlash? Or do you think it's because they want to continue to harp only on the slavery that occurred in America and Western Europe by white people? Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, Gideon. That was a really good question. Uh, Well, I would say that the reason why we're not talking about it is because, well, for us in Canada, mainly in our specific context is cultural Marxism. So cultural Marxism is something I talked about in episode eight. But what that means is that uh, we have divided the culture into classes by characteristics and beliefs where there need, where there need not, where there need not be classes. So example, gender, race, religion, sexual orientation. This gives way to class warfare. So white, Christian, heterosexual, males. Jack. (laughs) Uh, They're at the top, and then everybody else is at the bottom. But this ideology fails the test of reality because the way a person looks does not determine what he believes. Right? So now, now, I'm a cultural critic, so I'm telling you what the culture, how the culture is set up. So I'm not saying which one is what. I'm just telling you what it is, and I think most people would agree with me. So I, I feel like I, to some extent, answered this question with my conspiracy theory qualifiers in the original episode where I said I was filling in some of the blanks, um, and I thought it just didn't fit the narrative. Um, and, I mean, there's something I'd want to touch on that I think... Um, is really important to to identify that we have a lot of narrative driven news. Um, a, a lot of stuff around ideology appeals to our emotions, so we end up actually getting the news in a way that we want. It becomes much more like entertainment rather than actually pursuing the truth. So, the narrative driven or ideological presentation of the news is appealing to your emotions so check your emotions now i'm not saying your emotions don't matter what i'm saying is you need to check your emotions so you can objectively evaluate the facts determine what is the context and let that objective evaluation then 
result in an emotional response. Because if you're emotional about or emotionally charged about racism, sex trafficking, homelessness, animal abuse. And those are, those are bad things. Yeah. Those are things that you could be passionate about and angry about. If that anger causes you to make a snap judgment, your emotions might actually ignore or skew the information that you're looking at. Right. Right. So, yeah. So I, I totally get what you're saying in regards to that balancing the emotions with the thoughts and the facts, but how? Yeah. So, I mean, in simple terms, let the facts dictate your emotions, not emotions dictate the fact. But I think it comes back to the thing that we talk about all the time, straw manning versus steel manning or iron manning. Um, But that's in the next question. Yeah. So let's play the next question and and we can kind of hash out what, what that looks like. Hey, Sixth Sense Report. Thank you so much for selecting my comment and questions uh, for the response to Slavery in Libya podcast. Um, Really motivated me to do some serious research and to really look into my own opinions on the matter. I came up with two main questions. So the first one is, what is the purpose of building a straw man? And how far is too far when you're building a straw man? When mapping out the reason slavery in Libya is taking place, the reason why the Arabs are enslaving Black Africans. Where do you draw the line in not building a defense for the indefensible? Where do you draw the line in not coming off as um, justifying or sympathizing with the oppressor? Because as we know, a lot of things can be intellectually sound, but not everything is morally grounded. Um, So that's it for my questions. I just wanted to say thank you. I've learned a lot. Okay, good. So, straw man. Um, In in general, um, I I think um, straw manning is about making like you represent the other side in a way that makes your own argument look stronger than it actually is because you represented the other side weaker than it might actually be would you agree disagree add anything? Uh, yeah i would say that the purpose of building a straw man is to well misinterpret your opponent on purpose to make yourself look like you know what you're talking about so the opposite of a straw man is a steel man or like joel and i like the Say in the Iron Man, and that's where you represent your opponent so well that he says, "That's what I believe," uh, or "That's what I was thinking." So, when you say "How far is too far with straw manning?" I think you mean, uh, "Well, how far is too far with steel manning?" Because if you push to the, "How far is too far with straw manning?" Uh, you're basically lying. Well, and I would say. Any straw manning is too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. Right. You, you don't yeah. even do that. Like that's yeah. a no no. So, so steel manning as far as you can go. So, well, as far as so when it comes to steel manning, it's all about integrity, respect, and academic excellence is the goal. So, all for the sake of honest dialogue, we're striving for academic integrity. That's that's a that's a godly thing, right? That's a virtuous thing to do. So, for example, James White debates are an example of 
straw man free dialogues. Though he disagrees with Shabir Ali and Islam, he will always represent him correctly, and Shabir will always do the same. This provides a great environment for learning as well as finding the truth. I think one of the greatest values in Iron Manning is that when you represent the other side as strong as possible, maybe even stronger than the other side does, when you're done with your arguments and you've dispelled everything they have to say, there's nothing left for them. The problem um, with potentially identifying a particular opinion as not defendable is that you potentially don't create dialogue like you prevent the dialogue to to determine it's morally apprehensible and so the the steel manning might take some personal difficulty because you're like i don't want to justify like i don't want to represent someone from the kkk as having whatever their argument is right right Maybe it's something not related to racism, but you're like, well, that person's immoral. So you're going to wrestle with trying to represent their position about whatever it is, because inherently you consider them immoral. Correct. And that's why straw manning is such a problem or straw manning is the reason why we have the fake news problem we have today. Media outlets let their agendas supersede their integrity by reporting false things to keep and please overly sensitive audience members. As Christians, we know how important and how difficult listening to an opposing view is. And remember, that's how we became Christians in the first place when we first heard the gospel. It wasn't exactly something that uh, flowed with the way we were living. Uh, this is why we did the Sixth Sense Report. This is, the po- this is a podcast where all those things that are not supposed to happen, happen. Shoot, we'll be lucky if we even have a second season because of our content. <laughs> so let's, let's place that a little bit into the context. The second half of her question, mm-hmm. which was, you know, where do you draw the line? Which I kind of addressed already a little bit. Um, where do you draw the line for the indefensible? Uh, sympathizing with the oppressor or justifying the oppressor? I th- I don't think this is a fair question. I think the question isn't nice, in quotations, to the potential oppressor because it's a little bit of prejudging, right? In order to determine they're the oppressor, I need to represent their side because, I mean, I would consider someone who's oppressing via injustice, like I'm forcing you to do something, that's an oppressor. But someone who has, you know, just a stronger um, influence, Mm. like a politician, and they can achieve something that I can't, that's not an oppressor because they've achieved their um, power justly. Well, at least in our democratic society, but mm-hmm. as an anarchy capitalist, I might disagree. <laughs> but anyways, coming back to her question, I would say I'd want to reword it in a way. So something like, can steel manning go too far? Or are there positions you can't steel man? Mm. Um, and my simple answer would be no, because 
the idea is what we were talking about before. I'm trying to be as intellectually um, honest or with academic integrity to represent the other side. Right. And, right. But, but I would add that, and it, just to keep it like basic, you don't agree. Like, for like me and you, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with slavery. I don't agree with racism. I hate it. It's terrible. Agreed. But let me try to understand where you're coming from. If, in terms of the slave, the Libya, in terms scenario. of in terms of not straw manning you, because yeah. I'm like, okay, well, look, lay out for me why you do the thing you do that I don't like. Okay, now I see your train of thought. I disagree. Yeah. So at the end of a straw man is, I disagree. So you don't agree. You mean steel man? No, 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 no. Okay. With the straw man. So I am trying to understand your view. I, I represented your view correctly. You said, yes, that's my view. My end result is, yes, this is why I disagree with you. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. When, and I would say to you, if you, if it was the other way, which is what I was concerned you were trying to say, if it's the straw man side, if, oh, you straw man the other side, and then all your points of rebuttal aren't actually relevant to the true position, mm -hmm. potentially, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. the other side is weaker. You haven't p potentially presented them as strong as possible. Mm -hmm. So, Coming back here, you you kind of talk about are we going to have the right show? Like, are we still going to have a second season? We're asking stuff we shouldn't be asking, and I would say we ask the politically incorrect questions. Um, right. We say something that is politically incorrect because it goes against an ideology, but we're not ideological. We are principle based. In order to apply our principles to any given situation, we need to ask questions that technically we shouldn't be asking because they're considered politically incorrect. Right. So we don't want the podcast to be an echo chamber. So please share the podcast with people you disagree with, then follow up and have discussions. And please let us know what you disagree with. So for those who don't know what an echo chamber is. Oh, an echo chamber is surrounding yourself around people. With surrounding yourself around, surrounding yourself with people that agree with you and that echo your sentiments back to you, and don't challenge you, right? And and don't force you to hash out aspects of maybe your opinion that's wrong, right? And follow people online that you disagree with, so you can steel man the other side, right? And actually, just for the sake of clarity, uh, I think I was. I had my terms mixed up um, in regards to talking about what a straw man is. The term was, I was trying to use, the, I should use the word steel man in properly representing somebody because straw manning is misrepresenting somebody. So sorry for the confusion about two minutes ago or three minutes ago. All right. So I think uh, it's a pretty good first season. I, I know um, the amount of feedback is... Uh, kind of blown me away I was more than i expected you know i thought maybe we'd be sitting here thinking i hope someone else hears about it between me and you <laughs> <laughs>
So right, right. yeah, I, I'm definitely um, humbled, happy, blown away. Yeah, and I've definitely grown yeah. a lot from the feedback because I don't know everything, man. I don't, but I get smarter from correction. So the more I'm corrected, the better, the smarter uh, person I'm going to be. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. So please, I don't bite. Get at me and uh, let me know what you think. Yeah. So on that note, correct me on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, it's uh, at tjoeln39 on Twitter, um, Facebook, Joel Nikoloff. Um, and yeah. Come yeah. at me. And, oh, and a big major shout out to Madden Media for. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, Start that over. Start that okay. over. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so, big major shout out to Madden, Madden Mitchell Media. Okay. Big shout out to Madden Mitchell Media for everything, for yeah. literally everything. Uh, the sound, uh, the editing, and being able to structure a show, uh, the uploading, the instrumentals, all of that. So if you guys out there want to start your own podcast, you want to get sound done, Madden Mitchell Media, my boy Anthony Mitchell using his government out there, you, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, so, so follow him and... Yeah, get get your podcast on. So, that's my two cents. That's my two cents. Give us your two cents. But you heard me? Does that make sense?